listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. When somebody gets engaged, what is the first thing they do? Probably call their parents. But at some point, they have to pick their maid of honor, their best man. Now, if I asked you who John the Baptist was, you might say, oh, he was a, a prophet. Obviously, we hear that in the gospel. He was a kind of a wild man that lived in the desert. True, did, wore camel's hair and ate locusts and honey. Maybe you say, oh, he's Jesus' cousin. True. But more than that, it says he's more than a prophet here, Jesus says. John the Baptist was the best man of Jesus. He was Jesus' best man. And I do mean like in a wedding sense. In the Gospel of John, we read from Matthew here, but in the Gospel of John, he says of himself, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. He's talking about Jesus. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. For this reason, my joy has been fulfilled. He must increase, I must decrease. That phrase, the friend of the bridegroom, is actually a best man. In, in Hebrew, it's called the shoshbin, the shoshbin. You know, once I was asked to be the best man at my friend's wedding, this is before I was a priest. And uh, yeah, I knew this, so I, was call, I would walk around calling myself the shoshbin. I'd be like, the shoshbin is spoken. This is where we're going. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Uh, and my friend was like, please stop that. That's just, you're, you're just the best man. Okay. Um, but th there's actually historical. It go the best man is not a modern invention. It goes back all the way to Jesus's time. And before that, they had great responsibility. They helped arrange the marriage. 
They acted as an intermediary between the betrothed couple, especially right up until those last moments before the wedding. And you think about it nowadays, there's a tradition that the groom doesn't see the bride until she's walking down the aisle. And so you had to have that that go-between. They arranged the details of the wedding's week-long festivities. It wasn't just one day. Think about that, dads. (laughs) It was a whole week. Why do you think they ran out of wine? Because seven days, seven day celebration. I know there's a bride, you know, a soon to be bride out there who's like, that's right. I get a whole week. He even helped the bridegroom build what's called the chuppah. If you go to a Jewish wedding now, what we see it as is uh, the canopy that the, the bride and groom are married under, right? They walk under a canopy. It's called the chuppah. Um, but originally, it's the consummation tent. The, the, the best man, the shoshbin, was actually in charge of building that with the groom. And it was built in the exact ratios of the Holy of Holies. Because it represents the tent of meeting that would go through the desert that held what? The Ark of the Covenant? The Ten Commandments? The bread of the presence. And that's the chuppah that you were married under. And the best man helped build that. We actually have that in the, in the Catholic um, mass. Have you ever seen pictures of St. Peter's Basilica? There's something called the, the Baltikino. It's, and you might see it in other churches as well. It's a canopy looking thing. Usually it's made out of wood and marble now in Catholic churches. That is a chuppah. Because what happens under that? A marriage. This is why John the Baptist must decrease and Jesus must increase because he's not the bridegroom. John the Baptist is the bridegroom. He points to Jesus who is the bridegroom. God uses a bunch of analogies throughout history of his relationship with us. Shepherd and sheep. We've heard that before, right? Uh, Teacher and pupil, right, or or, or disciple. It's good. It's not the best, though. It's not the most important. Uh, He even uses like master and, and servant and eventually friend. Good analogy, not the best. The most important analogy, the most important relationship that God has with Israel and that he uses the most and it's the, the closest to his heart is bride and bridegroom. That God is the bridegroom. We as the church are the bride. And, and we see that in Genesis. What does Genesis start with? A wedding. What's in the middle of the Bible? The Song of Songs. It's a nuptial love poetry. It's saucy. Go read it. Right? At the end of the, the Bible is a what? A wedding. The wedding feast of the Lamb. Which we see Jerusalem is described as a bride coming out of heaven to meet the Lamb. Right? The, the wedding feast of the Lamb it says. So obviously God's favorite analogy to us is a bridegroom and a bride. That means with our images of that, our weddings, our marriages, we must honor that and we must hold them sacred. And if, if John the Baptist is a shoshpin, then we have to be like John the Baptist when we're asked to be a best man. Some of y'all might have been best men. Some of y'all might be called to be or right now going to be someone's best man. Think of this. 
Are you like John the Baptist in preparing the groom that has asked you to be his best man? When you're preparing the bachelor parties, it should be a time of brotherhood, true brotherhood that isn't based on vice and sin, but on virtue and helping the groom lay down his life for his soon to be wife. That's what happens at a, a wedding. You know, the worst kind of best man is the one who helps uh, and even encourages the groom to sin, especially to sin and be unfaithful to the bride. And also bachelorette parties. You all have to be right about that, too. Okay, I'm not letting you off the hook. We have to focus as couples who are going to present themselves to be married. Focus on the sacrament. Go to the priest early and be diligent in your preparation Choose to be married in front of the altar, right? Why do we choose this? I mean, you have a beautiful church to get married in. But you, you're married right here because this is the altar of sacrifice in which Christ the bridegroom lays down his body. And I will say these words today. I'll, I'll speak over this bread and I'll say, this is my body. All right, given up for you. And Christ the bridegroom lays down his body. On the cross, he says, consummatum s." right? The nuptial marriage of God to man is consummated on the cross. It's powerful. Are we living out that reality in our weddings? In our bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, in our receptions, right? Receptions are important. They're a celebration, not just of two people. In fact, we didn't come to see them. We came to see through them to Christ who marries the, the bride. And so our parties after should be awesome and good. And actually, Jesus is all about a wedding reception. He provided the wine for one when they ran out. He's not against parties. He's not against celebrating. But he wants them to honor the reality, not to tear it down, not to contradict it, right? We can't, we can't meet in front of the altar and in, in, in front of the cross, the blessed sacrament, the altar of sacrifice, and then go and listen to music that's tearing down the very structure of marriage. It'd be a contradiction. It's hypocritical. We have to think every decision we make about what music we listen to, what we do in our parties and receptions, that's important. Here's a, here's a quote from uh, John Chrysostom. He's a great, great preacher. Uh, and he was a, uh, the patriarch of Constantinople in the 400s. So a long time ago, but it shows you how much or how little things have changed throughout time. He says this to his congregation in, in Turkey, in Constantinople. Why then do you celebrate weddings in a silly and immodest manner? Have you no idea what you're doing? You are marrying your wife for the procreation of children and for the moderation of life. What is the meaning of these drunken parties with their lewd and disgraceful behavior? I was like, John, did you show up to that wedding I was at a month ago? I mean, <laughs> it could have, he could have been talking about now. He ends it with this. He says, it's so funny. Camels and mules behave more decently than some people at wedding receptions. You know, that crazy uncle. Now you know what to tell, you know, <laughs> the next runner's chapter and be like, well, yeah, you're acting like a, a, a camel or a mule, says John Chrysostom. Again, I, I don't want to bash wedding receptions. I love it. 
I love wedding receptions. I love the parties. I love the festivities surrounding wedding, but I want weddings, but I want them to be truthful and I want them to be good and holy and point to the great reality. Right? Jesus is for celebrating marriages and in a festive atmosphere because he knew that it would point to him. So we make we need to make it our point to point to him with every decision, every tradition that we choose to engage in. Every song we allow to be played must always point to Jesus. Here's the question. Are we being like John the Baptist, the Shoshbean, the best man? Are we preparing for Christ's coming? Are we pointing to him? At the end of the day, are we saying, I must decrease, he must increase. Let's look to him with all of our celebrations.